Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Project Esports Podcast. As sometimes, always, whenever I feel like showing up, apparently, I am your host, Andrew Nimsgern, and with me I have my two awesome co-hosts, James and Dylan. Um, I feel like at this point in the podcast, I feel like you guys kind of know our little spheres. Uh, do you guys have anything new you want to mention or anything besides the normal introductions? I mean, at this point, I think everybody <laughs> is pretty well acquainted. Uh yeah, except like I mean, even with our uh, even with our like our tags, everybody knows them. So yeah, no, I'm good. Yep, awesome. That's what I thought, but figured I'm not just gonna say, oh no, you guys can't talk. I mean, I didn't even show <laughs> up last week, so I don't feel like I have that power this week. But um, yeah, it's gonna be it'll be an interesting podcast. I mean, the first couple topics will be a little lighter ones, but I have a feeling this last topic that we're gonna end up with tonight may. Have, Bring out a couple boners, a little bit of emotions, and it'll be it'll be a good episode. So, with saying that, I'm going to lead off with James to kind of bring up the first topic of the night. Hell yeah, we're finally talking about League of Legends again, which we haven't done in a hot minute. Um, that being said, um, Vietnam has just become its new uh, its its own region, much like EU or NA um, or you know China, Korea. It's now. Vietnam itself is its own thing now. It's separated from the uh, Southeast Asia scene, uh, the region, mainly because of domin- one dominant performances and two constant qu- constantly qualifying. The the teams brought out from Vietnam always, in the most recent years, have been qualifying for for Worlds and any MSI. So, um, the big the big name that everybody associates with Vietnam is skill testing. Skill testing. Ugh, oh my God! Skill testing question, Andrew. Who is it? You should oh know this if you watch Worlds, man. Um, shit. I want to... S- I'm going to be wrong. I want to say Flash Wolves, but I know I'm wrong with that. Yeah, that that's, is, that is, that that's is super wrong. That's, that's Taiwan, who is also, like, again, somebody who else is separated and made, like... Okay, a, like Taiwan a big... is not that far from Vietnam. I know that is very small-minded and American of me to say, but I'm not that far off between the two countries. That's like... Oh, that's like saying Iceland's, like, a part of, like, the Dominican... It's not the same I at thought all. you lived on the wrong side of Canada for the first three months I knew you. You need to give me a break here. Oh, oh my God. Okay, so the the big team that's always that has made a giant splash for Vietnam is the Gigabyte Marines. Oh my um, God, I actually did know that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, see, now you're kicking yourself. Guys like Levi and Optimus, like the, the huge names that came out of Vietnam, who have since been picked. Well, well, Levi's been picked up by NA. Um, he's currently on an academy team at the moment, and I think that's mainly for the reason um, uh, for communication, because I think he speaks little to no English, or in, is in like the learning phases. That being said, we have seen players go from uh, like knowing like next to no English when they come over here to being like fluent in it in like the matter of like two years. So for Levi, if he doesn't age out, that's a good thing. That being said, with Vietnam separating from everything else, they are now go- like guaranteed a spot in worlds every year as well as now i think msi as well um let me just con- i want to confirm that but i know worlds is can confirmed absolutely like absolutely um and then vietnam is going to be grouped with uh turkey and uh russia for riff rivals which is kind of dope too a lot of people a lot of people liked riff rivals especially from the from the asian uh, the asian countries like china and korea took it like super seriously um all the uh, the Southeast Asia like uh, region took it really seriously as well. Um, 
So yeah, they're going to be grouped in with Turkey and Russia, who have also made big names for themselves with Albus Knox Luna, Moscow 5, all that good stuff. And then Southeast Asia, the remainder of the group, which includes now Philippines, Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia, and Thailand, is going to be grouped with Oceanic and uh, Japan, which has not changed. Um, that being said, um, MSI, is now, yeah, there we go. They have their own slot. MSI will expand to a 14-team tournament. Worlds will remain 24, be, and they just... They just go for their. I think they're absorbing one of the uh, the playing spots from the wild cards. So um, it kind of sucks for the wild cards because you're seeing an elimination of one, and um, you're seeing Vietnam guaranteed a spot. I would, me personally, I would like to see it expanded. That being said, that's kind of hard to hard to accommodate. Um, I, some of the other smaller regions like um, like the CIS, um, they, I, in my opinion. No, maybe not last year, maybe not the recent. CIS is the the Russian league, um, kind of deserve their own. Um, and because I'm a giant Oceanic fanboy, I also believe they deserve their own. I um, just for almost for the entertainment value alone, because they, the nice part about Wildcard's team is they don't care. They know they they know they're most of the times outmatched, and they just want to go and make a name for themselves, right? They want that trickle factor of like the fans and stuff like that. Usually it works out for them. Um, so yeah, that's uh, it's pretty crazy. I'm on the website right now, which is now called the Vietnam Championship Series, the VCS, which rolls off the tongue just as much as anything with the CS at the end. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 a good thing to see. The expansion's a good thing, and this this is nice too because it means other regions who have dominant performances and wild cards and stuff like that, like could expand to that as well. Now we probably won't see that with like the likes of. Um, like the Oceanic, because, I mean, it's only Australia anyways. Um, I mean, we may see it with um, some of the teams still a part of the SEE, the Southeast Asia, the Premier League. Um, like, I mean, again, if like Malaysia or Singapore, Indonesia, Thailand, Philippines, if one of those guys may start making a consistent name for themselves as well, we might see that. But I feel where we have these these groups all like we have what is this one two three four five six seven eight and eight guys fighting for the wild card we may take a little longer to see that like i mean a big i think to me a big reason why we saw this is because vietnam had the opportunity to find one of the spots there was two slots open they they you know kept performing their asses off they kept dominating and being at the top i feel like that's going to limit some other teams because we have one really dominant team and that's it um you know, you're not going to see anybody else trying to make it through the cracks. So, um, yeah, no, that's kind of what I've taken away from uh, from the Vietnam Championship Series. Um, Andrew is, a, is another league fanboy, but clearly not as well as I thought, given that you thought Taiwan is where the Gigabyte Marines were from. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on this? First off, I don't think there's a need for personal attacks here today. <laughs> I am feeling on the defensive and I am just going to go back to my room and cry at this point. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, you really summed up everything really, really well. I think, I mean, I'm, we're kind of looking at the same article right now. And the only thing that I really want to bring back up and that I think you touched on really well is that at this point, there's going to be one, maybe a second team that kind of comes up out of the Vietnam region that are going to be taking that play-in spot from Worlds that sometimes may have been deserved by a different team with the old, like, kind of play-in spot. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, when you're at Worlds, you want the best 24 t teams in the world playing. 
And, I mean, it's a newer region, and there are teams that have stuck out. I mean, obviously, we already mentioned on my inability to figure that out. But, like, <laughs> in a couple years, a new team may emerge. All the teams in that division may be bad, but they're still going to be guaranteed a spot. I mean, sure, that's how it is for all other regions, and they deserve it just as much as the other regions. But without the Worlds Tournament being expanded and losing that play-in spot, I'm just worried that some of the quality may drop in terms of play. But really outside of that, I mean, yeah, congratulations to Vietnam. I mean, it's, it's a cool thing. It's awesome to see that Riot kind of recognizes when a region is getting good enough that they should be designated as their own region and separated from the grouping they're in. So I guess I don't have too much to add. I think you did a really good point of summarizing, kind of bringing up all the points from the same article I'd be referencing. So I guess I don't have much else to add. Dylan, what about you, buddy? I know, I know, league's not your cup of tea, but I, as far as expansion and you know, even more reasons to market, I know you, uh, you really enjoy that. Yeah. So, um, I actually do have a, just a small opinion on this, but I, I do very much like when they open up new regions like this. Um, I think it's really good to highlight certain areas, especially if they're you know really into the game. Um, it helps for exposure of a lot of different teams and definitely gets. Um, more local people involved, um, at least with their scene, which I think is always good because I think if you're really, if you have a group of people who are really into your scene, uh, it, it really starts at the local level and moves up. So if people in Vietnam are super into this game, then yeah, like if they have the the game populace and the game skill behind it to to warrant opening up a new region, then yeah, for sure that that's a thing that needs to happen because I know. Uh, region openings for different things happen for different reason, region, or reasons. So, like opening up for um, competition, you know, because, you know, there's a lot of people who play and there's a lot of good teams out there. Great thing. Um, opening up regions for, uh, you know, game servers could also be a really good thing. But I think there aren't really, I mean, I don't really see any downsides with this, really. I think expansion's always good, especially if you're expanding into new regions that typically, you know, might not be the biggest. Um, you know, uh, esports identity. I would say, like, if, if I think about Vietnam, I'm not going to think about esports. Like, I usually think about like Korea's esports. So, like, these new areas opening up, I think it's great. Yeah, no, I I totally agree, and I think that's a big part of it too. Is, um, you know, because you anytime you go back to Worlds, you like the Gigabyte Marines immediately draw attention, mainly because of their sporadic play style, um, bringing back strategies that people thought were long since dead, AKA the lane swap. Um, they, they, they've gone back to that. Um, the big, the, my concern, and this is something we've seen, unfortunately, and it took, took right up by storm, um, was the, the, the quote unquote corruption that was going on in the OCE, um, with the, with the team tainted vines. Um, this is always a, a big, a big concern with new regions because you don't know who's getting it at the top. You don't know how long they uh, like when they've wormed their way in there, stuff like that. I mean, the, for the OCE, like, I mean, as in a very, very broad strokes, um, there was, there was a uh, quality of life's issues and stuff like that. And I'm just concerned that, you know, we may see this with the VCS. Now, that being said, I'm sure I, I, I hope that Riot as a as a company has kind of learned from OCE and like all the the negative things that kind of came from it. Um, that being said, overall, I mean, even Young Generation, which is another team that was from Vietnam, didn't do bad. So and we're actually seeing a new team that's actually dominating the region because um, probably because of the absence of Levi. Um, 
called uh, Evos Esports. So yeah, no, it'll be kind of cool to see. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see these guys, these guys play, and I'm hoping that it's easier to access as uh, Garena was wasn't exactly the most um, uh, accessible accessible thing to watch. But yeah, no, that's uh, that's my rant and rave about uh, Vietnam being its own thing now. So Dylan, I guess I'll hand it off to you. I know you wanted to kind of touch a little bit on Discord, verified servers, and kind of the impact on that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, this is something that I think is really great because I will shill Discord to the ends of the earth. I absolutely love Discord. I think it is probably one of the best things to happen to voice over IP in a very long time. Um, I use TeamSpeak. I use Mumble. Um, even everyone had those dark days where they were using Skype for playing games with friends. Never go back to that. God, I hate uh, Skype. What a what an absolute pit plague on this earth. Uh, so just to start off with that. <clears throat> so what they just introduced is verification. Um, so basically, um, the height of all social media that you could ever have for your brand is that glorious check mark next to your name. Everyone loves the check mark. You got to get it on Twitter. You got to get it on Google, YouTube, all that. And basically, they're doing that for Discord servers now. So you know it is for sure um, a certain brand's uh, Discord server. So for example, I know Minecraft, uh, Monster Cat, Team Liquid, and now all the Overwatch League teams have a verified server. So these verified servers are open for um, you know teams. They're open for games, like if you're an organization um, or a team, this is basically your deal. So I can't have a verified server, like me personally, I can't have one. Um, or if you're a community-led thing, so like, uh, I'm trying to think of like a big gaming community. Um, I guess like like Reddit Games is a gaming community that plays games together. They wouldn't be able to get this. This is for, you know, or like organizations and teams. And basically what it is, is you apply for it and you get the check mark next to your name if you're, you're verified. And basically you get VIP voice servers, which Discord actually has two different types of servers. They have regular and VIP. Um, before they kind of hid how you get VIP servers. Um, but basically it's just their, their premium servers. So it's not really that noticeable when you're speaking on one. Um, I know that uh, Penn City Sports has one. And whenever I jump onto it and I jump between this, there's zero, zero like difference. Like I can't tell the difference, but it's really good because those are the ones that Discord's looking at. They're the ones that make, they make sure have the most bandwidth. So you know that they're super reliable. Um, the other thing that you get from it is custom branding for your server. So basically this means whenever you get onto it for the first time, you get a cool little splash screen that is like unique to that server. And my favorite part about it is that you get a custom link. So instead of going to like a really weird invite link, you can just like plug it right in. So we don't have this obviously, but for example, <laughs> we could have like discord.com slash project esports or project esports podcast. And you would go to that and you would go right to the server. And it's really cool because like inviting someone to a server otherwise is like, okay, well, I guess I'll send it to you and just click on the link because there's no way you'll remember it. It's really cool because like you, it, it's an easy to remember URL if you're an organization. So this is actually, I think, the culmination of a couple things. So originally Discord um, had this service, but it was super hidden. Um, basically, you applied for it kind of, 
like just through their like community manager on the back end. Um, so I know that um, the club I was in, we ended up getting our uh, VIP server because we talked to Discord reps and we were like um, getting merch from them and we were inviting a ton of like a, a lot of people on to our server just so we can all play games and stuff together because that was kind of our thing. You know, esports club is they play games. So that was our thing is we were getting a lot of people on the server. So they were like, oh, okay, well, we'll give you a custom URL and we'll give you a VIV voice server. And we're like, okay, that's cool. And that service, like I said, was like hidden. That wasn't like a thing that they, you know, put on their website or anything because I think they were still kind of testing the waters and feeling out how that whole thing worked. Now, actually before this, they did have a way that they published on how to kind of get all this. And that was through Discord partners. So if organizations and teams get verification, personal like branded people can get partnerships. And so that's basically someone like um, Philip DeFranco or any big streamer, they can get a Discord partner. Basically this is definitely for Twitch streamers and streamers and YouTubers and stuff. Uh, they have it on there that like, if you wanna be like a Discord partner, you have to have like, around 10,000 followers or around like 100,000 YouTube subs. Um, so this is something that doesn't have like super hard rules, but it's something that you kind of apply for. And you kind of get some of the same things. You don't get a check mark, but you get to personalize the server, you get your own URL, the VIP stuff. And then also Discord actually could, you know, give you money depending on how you run your server and how you kind of shill them out to get people onto your server and stuff which is really cool. So now Discord has like finally like gathered all its stuff together. It doesn't like hide any of these features anymore. They kind of brought it out, made everything super clear on how you get it. So like, you know, if you're an organization team, how to get verified, or if you're just a person who's really big on Twitch or YouTube, you know how to get your own server and you can become a partner and stuff. All that stuff is at the forefront. And I'm really glad because Discord really does have a lot of really good services to it, and they're constantly adding features. And so I'm glad that they're uh, they're like kind of VIP server um, stuff has come to the forefront rather than just being a hidden feature. I think it's really cool. Do you want to start? My, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I guess I guess it's not exactly on this topic. It's on the topic of Discord. I mean, I love that they have these services. I mean. Obviously, this podcast couldn't work without Discord. I mean, it's what we use to communicate, and we use Slack and things beyond that, too. But our VO, our VOIP is through Discord. So it's just so important to us, and I use it for gaming and all that kind of stuff. But I guess I'm curious, is there any, like, would you pay? To, would you guys pay to use Discord? If you had to pay $2 a month, $3 a month, would I, it be worth it for you to use Discord? I'm honestly surprised it's not monetized. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 so well run. It's such an easy... Like, I mean, it is both easy and complex if you need it to be. You know what I mean? Like, with permissions and stuff like that. Like, both of them... Like, you could monetize Discord. And I think people would pay for it. Would they have the same kind of uh, following that they do now? Probably not. That being said, like, this, this feature... like Or this, like, service is, like... It's worth way more than just being free. Yeah, so, the, yeah, no, yeah I, for I'd pay sure. for it. Yeah. So I guess, I, I guess unless James, do you have any like really talking points specifically to the server? Otherwise, I think it'd be kind of fun, like or just kind of thinking like, what can 
Discord and Proven. Like, they're doing this, and they're finally bringing this kind of more to the forefront and letting the big people that use Discord and big organizations take a front. But, like, what else could Discord do along this line to make the service bigger, make it better? Like, what do you guys want to see from Discord? Unless you have a question related directly to, like, the service, James? No, not, not no, no, no. I think, I think branding is, like, a, like, like, personal branding or, like, organization branding is a fucking great idea. I, I have nothing to say but, like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Um, now, that being said, the big qualm I have with Discord, and it's so minor, but I think it would be so easy for them to fix, is the fact you get two color schemes for the service. You get the dark one, which it seems to be everybody using. You get the like the light one that looks kind of like Skype. Um, but I I think if you were able to customize it, that'd be kind of chill. Um, and I mean, if you could customize it by server, so the ones that the teams that could like brand themselves with like like you know to associate with this, you would you could have you know the name uh, like everywhere. You know what I mean? Which I think would be pretty dope. Um, that's my that's my one thing with Discord, and that's it. So um, this is. Dylan, AK, biggest Discord shill ever. Um, actually, they did talk about this a lot. Um, so they have a, uh, I forget what it's called, uh, but basically it's like a forum where you can upvote your ideas for what should be implemented in Discord. And if something gets really high, that's something that they kind of take into consideration. Um, so I know uh, the collapsible servers or the collapsible channels rather within servers so specifically on the server that we record the podcast on we have one that's called games of where there's just a bunch of games in there um so there are voice channels that you can jump into and before that wasn't like that it was just straight down the line there was like the text and then there was the voice channels below it now you can kind of separate them out so you can have oh here's here's the gaming channels here's maybe the um i don't know like dungeons and dragons channels like if you play there whatever um, so that was something that was super upvoted a lot. And something um, that they talked about a lot is like the skins for Discord. So the biggest question ever that everyone had, and they were a little bit iffy on, is Discord, how do you make your money? Like if this is a free, <laughs> how do you actually make your money? Because that doesn't make sense. So you guys must be like laundering money. And basically what they said is that they uh, they got all their funding from a venture capitalist company, I think, because uh, their idea was really good, like a free voice over IP service with all these features. Um, so I think they're funded on that. Um, they have a premium subscription called Nitro that really doesn't add that much to it, but there is people that have it. And then lastly, they said that they wanted to start releasing paid skins in the future for Discord. So the idea is, yeah, like Team Liquid or something would you know give them a design and they would release it and it would be like, oh, pay X amount of dollars to get a Discord skin. And you can have different branding or different designs and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that is something that they said they want to look into. And it's one of those like uh, soon TM things that like maybe we'll see soon, maybe five years. But that is something that they said they're looking at. Okay. Yeah. So I'm looking at uh, like the Discord Nitro right now. I didn't even know this was a thing. So what? they offer you for either $5 a month or $50 a year is you get to choose your Discord tag, you get an animated avatar, higher quality screen share, custom emoji everywhere, animated emojis, boosted upload limit, and a profile badge that allows you to show how long you've supported Discord. So personally, I would never... I don't think that's worth $5 for me. I use Discord countless hours a week but none of those features or anything that really sticks out to me that makes me like 
I want that. So what could Discord Nitro do for $5 a month? What would they need to do for either one of you to subscribe to the service? So I'm going to start. Um, if you, if the two of us looked at the sidebar to the right and we see Kyle, right? The gentleman we interviewed from Honor. Click his picture and tell me you don't want that for 5 bucks a month. Because I don't care what either of you say. I've been debating this for like a month since I seen him and Chris, the other co-owner, both pop up animated avatars, and now we, yeah, and I don't know, man, animated avatars, super dope to me. Five bucks, and if maybe down the road that includes skins, hell yeah, I'll fucking do it. Yeah, I just clicked on it, and honestly, <laughs> that's really sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, holy right? shit. Okay, I, I take back everything I just said against Discord Nitro. Okay, but given so. Let's say you're not a graphic design major that went to school for four years and you wouldn't be able to make that for yourself. So remove the animated logo and assuming that you'd have to pay $25 to get that logo. Like besides the animated logo that's made by a professional designer, what would you need? I actually Man, do. You really, have, I actually Kyle do is like the exception. So you, you have one? Yeah, so what I think would be really, really cool is if instead of branding it like, oh, you're just like a premium Discord user, I wish they would maybe market it, make make one, like maybe this is separate from Nitro or something, but like a server admin. Um, so you can purchase it and it would just help you be an admin on your server. So if you want to um, be able to host a Discord server that was really, really good for your friends, um, maybe this is something you can do, or maybe even if you want to start your own kind of community. And basically what I really would like to see is just some tools to kind of help you make a really nice server. <clears throat> so with it, I think maybe a default bot to put in your server would be amazing because Discord bots, holy shit, dude. You could do so much stuff with that, but the issue is you have to kind of know how to program it all because Discord does have like... Um, I think it has an open API, so you can connect a bot to it and have it do all sorts of stuff very, very easily. And you can also go out there and like find like Discord bots that you could just invite to your channel, and they have default features. Um, but I think a just default Discord bot that just sits in your server and maybe an easy way to program it would be so amazing. I know tons of people would get that. Oh, yeah. People would pay for that for sure. Um, or, you, like I mean, even on its own... Like, I think, like, and it wouldn't need, like, you wouldn't need to, I think, associate anything with that. Like, you wouldn't need, like, the animated profile or anything like that. You could just do the bot as, a, like, a paid service, and people would jump right on it. Like, Honor, Honor Server has one that, like, links, like, the social like, the social feed, and, like, I have no idea how, to do, how the fuck to do that. But if I got to do, like, pay, like, two bucks a month to have one sitting in my server that was had, like, a really easy interface, like, it was something as simple as, like, yeah, copy and paste this link, and it, this bot will generate all the shit that, like, it's generated from that. Boom, done, like, two bucks a month, 25 bucks a year or some shit, I don't know. Like, definitely, easily, easily capitalize, they could capitalize on that. Yeah, and, like, I'm even thinking, like, I would even pay, I'd be willing to pay three, four dollars a month, like, if we ever wanted to start a Discord channel and get that custom link, so that it'd be Discord, like, the whatever, at Project Esports, like, I think that'd be a great one. Like, Honor Esports, that'd be amazing for you guys. I mean, maybe you guys can apply for it because you're an actual, like, esports organization and stuff kind of like that. But for those people that can't just, like, apply and be given it, I'd be willing to pay a couple dollars a month or whatever a year to have that feature on maybe my personal server or the one I use for my Twitch channel or something kind of like that. Like, I think that'd be 
worth a couple dollars. Maybe not in Nitro, but like a separate service. Like I think there's a lot of things that Discord can definitely monetize that maybe they're just being good guy Discord and not doing that. <laughs> or they just haven't got to that on their checklist of things to do yet. Yeah, like, uh, see, as soon as you start saying the the personalized Discord, though, like, and you start paying for it, then we, uh, um, then you get to the point where there's not as much exclusivity. Is that the, is that how you say it? Um, is that the, um, you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, you, once you go away from that, that's, um, yeah, then, then, you know, then you don't want to work towards that and stuff like that because you can just buy it, you know what I mean? So by them having this, the, that way of like the personal servers and like the, like the, the verified stuff, I think that's a, like a, a, like a, a tight line to walk on. So I don't know. I, me personally, the personalized service, I think that should remain as exclusive as possible. Bots that pretty much anybody can have if they, if they try hard enough or understand it, um, skins i think is really easy too maybe maybe exclusive skins are more like you know what i mean or like the like say say you like it, it, it could be like google chrome you know what i mean google chrome has like its own skins and stuff like that but you can still buy nicer skins so say like team liquid as like i, I why are they always are like guinea pig for like examples i don't know um th that's good branding that's good <laughs> that's what that is right um say you want to have the, the the team liquid skin for your discord well because Team Liquid is a verified channel. You need to pay X for it, and you get like extra stuff with it. You know what I mean? So that's kind of cool because anybody can have that, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't take any away from any exclusiveness if you're willing to pay out the extra money. But with the Discord servers themselves, there's only so many names. Skins, not so much. It's not a big deal because there's so many servers. But because there's so many servers, the name having individual names starts going away really, really fast. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I yeah, I guess I'm not against that. I was just trying to list off things of like ways Discord can really kind of take it to the next level because eventually that money will run out, and they do have a couple ways of making money, but it only lasts so long. And I don't want Discord to go anywhere. I don't either, man. I fucking love Discord. My organization is run on Discord. I can't. I can't have it going anywhere. Yeah. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to touch up on this topic, or are you kind of ready to get into the meat of the podcast? Oh, let's go. Let's yeah, go, yeah. Baby. No, I, I have something. Uh, at Discord, oh, okay, okay. if uh, you guys want to go ahead and hire me for any position, please feel free. I'm Hell at Little yeah. For Real. Uh, DM me, open DMs. Yeah, I, I saw. I, I looked at your profile, and I saw you're like the Discord hype member or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, yeah that's the right. hype squad. Yeah, that was their uh, original, um, basically, way that you can get um, different swag for your, your communities is that you would sign up for that, and they would send you out a little box to give out, like, T-shirts and stuff. And a big thing to get people to go to local events is you got to give away free stuff. And so you know I was yeah. all over that. Of course you were. Yeah. I mean, that's just it. Are you really selling out if it's for a free service? Like... Yeah. Yes, you can definitely sell out for without receiving any actual money. I believe that. But <laughs> it's for a good cause. It's for Discord. Um, But, yeah, on that, I want to just jump into something that was just finally released for the second stage of the Overwatch League. That's kind of been the big talk, and, like, just a lot of people have been impressed with it. Apparently, someone's not a big fan of it, but I think me and Dylan can talk him out of that. But... I want to talk about the cheering system that has been 
introduced for the Overwatch League when uh, through their Twitch channel. So for those of you that don't know how it works, and Dylan and James, you guys can kind of include a little bit too if I forget anything. But pretty much how it works is it's the normal cheering system where you can pay smaller amounts, usually a couple dollars, to get bits. And then you can cheer those towards like a stream or something normally like that. But how they did it is they allow you to cheer towards a certain team. So if I'm a big Valiant fan, so I could cheer 100 bits towards the Valiant and things such as that. And they keep track of all that. And that goes towards a global um, like kind of progress. And correct me if I'm wrong, does that go towards the teams or does that go towards the prize pool? Do either one of you guys know? I don't know. No. No. That's actually, actually a good question. I don't know. I'm kind of curious about that. But, like, so what they're doing, that's besides the point. The money goes somewhere. It goes somewhere to the Overwatch League to kind of help it running. But another so really cool it, thing it, it does go to the Overwatch League, eh? That's, like, confirmed? I assume so. I mean, I, I think bits are as, like, I'm on a Twitch affiliate. So when I receive bits, the bits go directly to me. So whoever's in charge of the Overwatch League channels gets all those bits. Okay, um, I don't know... If they decide to divvy them up based on which team you decide to cheer for, because you can select which team you want to use your bits towards. So it just shows the logo and then how many bits next to it. So I don't know if they're divvying that up, if it goes towards the prize pool or anything kind of like that. But it's just a really cool system. And they've even introduced, like, if you cheer 100 bits, you're guaranteed one of 26 different, like, uh, random hero emotes to use during the channel or if everyone as a whole on Twitch donates a certain amount of bits they all unlock a uh, like unique skin or something kind of like that so I just think what they're doing not only is a great way to bring in more money to the Overwatch League because that's something a lot of people have been worried about how they're going to sustain financially but also they're giving good reasons for people to donate and kind of get involved and feel like they're doing something because they're cheering for their team. Their bits are going towards a skin that they could one day unlock. And now you also do get the in-game league points, or I can't remember. I think they're, yeah, I think it's league points um, that allows you to unlock the skins based on if your team wins and things such as that. So I just think the Overwatch League is doing a really amazing reason of, I mean, amazing way of, monetizing it and giving people incentives to be more engaged and to give them more money what do you guys kind of think about it so so oh, you you go ahead james because i'm gonna absolutely pop off on it are you okay all right well i was i i plan on getting a little savage here too man because where yes i do like the fact that fans have spent 108,000 euros cheering for overwatch that doesn't go to the that does not go to the teams. It goes to the partnership between Twitch and Overwatch. So this does not go directly into the teams. This goes into the league itself and Twitch and to support the partnership. Now to me, that's a little fucky. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. It's the same it's like I like the fact that like, the skins and stuff goes like that, but if you're cheering for somebody specifically, it should go to them. If you're cheering for the Overwatch League like with bits cool it makes sense if it goes to them but if you're cheering for a team that you support and stuff like that and you're supporting that team specifically not so much twitch like i mean yes you're using twitch as a platform so i mean unfortunately yes you kind of have to support them 
and you also have to cheer for Overwatch, which I mean, yes, brought you the team, but at the same time, you're che- you want that team to be specifically supported. You want to feel like you're supporting that team. Besides bits that is gonna get fucking lost in like the spam of everything. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I think it's kind of bullshit. I League did a similar model, except they did it with um with um oh god, what the fuck is it called? Reactions. Um where during Worlds, you could buy reactions for a specific team, and it would directly support the team. It's the same thing with the skins. If you buy the, like, SKT skins, SKT gets a cut of it. So, I think this is kind of horseshit. I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, Dylan, what about you, man? Okay, so I actually love this. I think it is amazing. So, first of all, um, Overwatch League is something that we're getting that is very high quality, something that's very big, and something that um, is very iffy on how it is being supported uh, in terms of just monetarily, how is this thing being supported? I think that this is really good. The only thing I think is a little bit sketchy is it definitely doesn't say anywhere like, oh, this is for to support the Overwatch League on Twitch. It doesn't say that. And to be fair, it doesn't say it, it, it supports the teams or anything. It actually, um, it actually does. In Twitch's frequently asked questions, and this is a direct quote, Overwatch League sharing is a part of a larger partnership between Twitch and Overwatch League that supports the league and the players as a whole. Your cheering helps support the partnership rather than the teams individually. Oh, that's perfect then. I think I think it's totally fine then. Um, I think it's really good because this is, first of all, this is the first time we're seeing bits used on a large scale in Twitch. Um, people were very iffy on it. Bits are basically the, um, the reaction to Streamlabs donations. Um, so basically, Streamlabs, every time they roll out something new and something that's really popular, for the most part, Twitch is like, oh, well, that's something that we probably should have had as a feature on our site, and Bits were one of them. Um, I think this is really good, like I said, just because I, I think it's important because, yeah, it would be nice to support the teams, but it's not like um, it's not like League of Legends right now because League of Legends is very steady in where they're sitting. In terms of advertisers and stuff, they're in this position of they're going to run their league and it's going to be successful and it is solid right now. As far as Overwatch League, I don't think it's really all that solid. I think it could very, if they're not driving in the money, they could absolutely fall and crumble at any moment. I think this is something that's really important to keep it going because, yeah, it'd be really cool if I can give money to Philadelphia Fusion, but giving money to Philadelphia Fusion is not going to keep this thing afloat. I think steady streams of monetization like this is important. And you could also support the teams by buying some of their merch too. So the, that there there is avenues to support the teams, I think. Um, and actually going more into this, so they have a ton of emotes. So this is just, I think, it, it, it's not like you're just throwing money into it and not getting anything back. There's definitely a lot of unlock stuff. So first is the team emotes. So if you wanna go ahead and spam all over the site um, your, your team's emote, it's 150 bits and you get a random um, emote every time you cheer 100 or more. And someone actually did the breakdown. So if you wanna get all 38 Overwatch League emotes, so this is all the random heroes plus all the teams, it actually just costs $35 in total. Um, it's kind of weird how bits work because you have to buy like like $20 random worth, then seven, yeah. then seven, then seven, then $1.40 because you can't just buy the amount. I, that's weird i okay i have i have definitely issues with bits i think they're really weird and convoluted i like the way that they work and it it is a, a very interesting um thing they're doing because they're trying to move against uh the like the dollar donations because then if you get into dollar donations that does also feel kind of like 
like a like an adult campsite <laughs> a little bit to be honest and so and so with bits i think they were trying to remove like like take a step away from the money amounts just so it doesn't feel feel like that as much because at times it, it can um anyways uh basically someone did this and they are at um eva underscore um they did this not me but basically step one is to get 260 bits or sorry 2600 bits and then you can type in all the teams um like i think it's overwatch league and then whatever their abbreviation is and the amount you want to and then once you do that you just put it into one and then you can get them all so you don't have to spam them all you can just kind of do it in one message and um as andrew was talking about you do get a skin and so the skins it looks like are coming in waves so we have the first one now and then the next one is the 28th of february then the 7th of march then the 14th of march and the first one is home skin for tracer so as a whole if if the if overwatch league gets um is that 40 million 40 000 bits? bits no 40 million 40 million i'm sorry yeah, yes. if they get 40 million bits then everyone who donated at least 10 at least 100 bits which is like i think it's a dollar 40 i think it's even a yeah. little bit less but it's about a dollar 40 everyone who donated that much gets this really big skin um and yeah i think i don't know i think it's a good thing especially if they're they're definitely saying hey this isn't supporting the teams directly i think it's a good thing because the teams are being really well supported overwatch league wrote in their rules very strictly like you need to pay your team at least this amount of money and you need to make sure that they have this this and this and they were really strict on their rules and how the players are being treated and from what it seems the players are being treated pretty well so i think i personally i think it is a good thing that they're doing this to keep it afloat yeah and i definitely love it too i mean going back to an article we talked about right away so 50% of all prize winnings that a team wins has to go directly to the players on top of their salaries. So if a team wins 1 million, 500,000 of that is going to the 6 to 12 players on the team. So I definitely am totally okay with it not going individually to the team. But I guess I didn't know coming to the podcast where it was, but the Overwatch League pays out 3.5 million in prizes every year is what they said was going to be year 1. So, and the the first place team is guaranteed a million dollars and they keep getting more and more sponsors. And obviously we have no idea how much money they're actually making per these sponsor deals or partnering with Twitch and that kind of stuff. But 3.5 million isn't, I mean, sure it's Blizzard and they can pocket it, um, but they don't want to. They want it to be self-sustaining, kind of like League of Legends, what Dylan was saying. So obviously it'd be better if it could go to the teams and maybe one day, the league will be bringing in enough revenue that it can, but there are so many other ways. Like I bought my Valiant t-shirt and things such as that. And I supported them that way. So until the league gets more stable financially, I'm okay with this. Maybe one day we can find a way to deliberately go directly to the team, but there's not a better way to do it right now. And the overwatch league needs the money because otherwise if blizzard is losing $3.5 million every single year doing this, why would they continue doing it? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. See, like, to me, and, like, maybe, again, yeah, maybe it kind of goes on Dylan's point where he's talking about how, like, and, like, and, uh, like, unfortunately, the model that I have to go off of is Riots, where they've had teams that weren't even as crazy as, like, the, the crazy, these huge-ass, like, venture capital, like, backings, you know what I mean? Like, originally, that still made the league 
survive and survived well and then it thrived you know what i mean so for me with a model that's already been built of a model that's already established and something that's already kind of built off of that it's just kind of shocking to me to see this kind of happen if that makes sense like you 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 like you have so many you have so many already like pre-established things that you know like you can kind of use as an example to build the overwatch league but instead they're kind of like shying away from that because they're afraid they're going to lose money which i don't think they're at any i don't know like i mean to me i feel like where there was so so much money thrown into it and stuff like that and all these crazy ass organizations have more money than they know what to do with um it's just it's kind of surprising to me to do something as i don't know as something like i don't want to call it greedy but like that's the only way i can think of describing it is like as selfish as this like i understand that overwatch gives back to the players and they the prize pool goes back to them but what about the teams that aren't doing so well like florida and shit like that you know what i mean i feel like the like and i have no idea how big the fan base is for florida but like don't don't you guys feel like because a smaller team like like or like a less popular team like florida or like um you know uh what's that what's the other really like unpopular one right shanghai now? shanghai yeah exactly right like don't you feel like those teams with the support the small support base that they're getting deserve to have their deserve to have the money that they're donating to go to those teams no i actually really don't um i i guess this might just be me um coming from the standpoint of um esports in the old days of where uh, salaries and stuff were not a guarantee and you had a lot of um, situations of where you would get a sponsorship or you would you would jump on a team and they just like wouldn't give you money or like big tournaments just wouldn't pay people I mean we even see that still some sometimes about tournaments just not paying out players but back in the day that was a really big thing and like it was a very real thing that if you got onto a team they would just send you to some tournaments, but they, like, wouldn't pay for anything or, like, help you out, really. And, you know, half of them were scams. And it was it felt really bad. And to have the Overwatch League come in and be like, we're guaranteeing this team's salary, I think is super important, to be honest. And I think it is a really good thing. And I think I definitely have that bias, just, like, you know, from, from you know, old experiences. I, I'm totally biased with this. But I think it's it's fine because they are being taken care of. It's not like everyone's kind of just getting by on their teams. And like, yeah, I mean, it would be nice. It would be really nice if Florida had a really good base that they could support them more and the players could get more money. Because these guys are really talented and they train and they practice. And it is really hard to be a professional gamer. And so, yeah, it would be nice. But like I said, they are being treated really well within the organization as is. And so that's why I don't feel as bad of, as as saying no, they don't, you know, deserve it. I think the structure of the Overwatch League itself should be pumped up and and held up. I I definitely agree too, and I mean, it's a business. I mean, in the end, I mean, obviously, the sole goal of the Overwatch League is to promote Overwatch, get more people playing it, and for Blizzard to make money. And they have done everything they can. Well, not they can do more, of course, but they have said a lot of things in the sense that the teams and players are going to get made. They're going to get compensated for what they deserve. And the re, you're comparing it to League of Legends, but I think Blizzard isn't looking at it in that small of a scale. And I obviously League of Legends is huge, but 
they grew up in a very different way. While I think the Overwatch League is comparing directly to the NFL, to some of the more traditional sports, and that there are going to be teams that aren't going to do as well. And that you hope that eventually they figure the shit out and they'll make way so that in the following season, the worst team will probably have the rights to better players and things such as that. They'll find ways to balance it and make those teams competitive. Otherwise, those teams will drop out or they'll change owners to things kind of such as that. But it's a business and I think they're comparing it so that they're looking at it in the long run more than in the short run and that things are going to be changed. You're going to make wrong mistakes. But I think everything Blizzard has done so far to this point is I'm a huge Overwatch League guy. I've loved everything they've done. I've had a couple problems here and there, but I think they know what they're doing. And I think it's hard comparing it to traditional esports leagues because they're not taking it that way. They announced the league in a very professional way, in a very higher level and taking it to a different level. The player salaries, the prize pools, the guaranteed player amounts that the players receive based on prize amounts they're not taking the traditional esports approach i mean it's getting more common and this is a way that a lot of kind of leagues are going towards but the overwatch league is starting here already so i don't feel like comparing it to league of legends and how it used to be is a good comparison because the overwatch league was never like how league of legends was because it's starting where league of legends is now if that makes sense no that does yeah it's hard to compare those. It really is like apples and oranges. I mean, they're very, they're fruit, but they're just starting such different places that saying these small teams, none of these teams are small. They're all backed by millions and millions of dollars. There's no underdog teams here. Like there isn't League of Legends that come out of the woodwork. These All these teams are backed by money. So I think they understood that kind of coming in, and I don't think they expected to get this direct compensation, and I think their sponsors, and so many other ways that these teams can be making money that they haven't got to yet, that they'll be fine. I'm not too worried about them, but we'll see how it kind of works. And none of the teams seem to be angry that they're not receiving the money. No one has called them out or made a big fuss about it. So I think they're expected of this. I think this was uh, probably like one of the very few topics we actually had any disagreement about. Most of the time, we we are uh, are all in agreement about something. Yeah, yeah. I think I think maybe it's just like a background thing. I think. Oh no! Maybe. I definitely I think that's what it is. I mean, it's the two Americans versus the Canadian. The Canadian oh, thinks everyone <laughs> should everyone should get what they deserve and things yes, like that. Man. The two Americans think very capitalist. Like you get what you deserve. And you get what you earn, and like <laughs> I know that's just Holy a joke, shit. but that's the only similarity that I kind of see between the two. But it is background, and like I think me and Dylan, we're I mean Dylan, ha- we guys are talking about how Dylan went so hard for marketing and stuff, and I'm a huge business guy too. So I think we're looking much more at kind of like the business side, while you're more on the organization side, and you kind of see it from that angle. So I think the experiences and kind of what we look at primarily in esports is very different. I love the business aspect of it as much as the play. So maybe that might be the difference there that this is the first one where it's kind of organic and traditional and the small teams versus the business money capitalist kind of side. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. I think that's why we're seeing such a, a divide amongst ourselves and not to, not to toot my own horn boys, but I'm a bit of a, bit of a humanitarian as i am in the healthcare field so yeah that's very true <laughs> no like i don't know man i just like to see you guys get what they deserve and i mean like 
I don't know. I feel like the the direct fee. I mean, I understand. Like, you got to support the league. The league has to survive because, I mean, the league doesn't happen, then the players don't happen. You know what I mean? So, um, but, you yeah, know, I don't know. I, like, I actually, like, while we were kind of talking, I was trying to, I was Googling through True and trying to figure out if, like, even the merchandise directly supports the team, and I couldn't find anything specifically. I don't know if you guys read anything prior to that, if it's, like, a direct support thing as well. I'd assume so. If that didn't, if, okay, so if I went... Like, obviously, the Valiant don't have their own website. It's like a sub kind of little website through the Overwatch League's main yeah, website. Yeah, like every, everybody if, else kind of has that, yeah. Yeah, if that doesn't directly go to or good, like, probably, Blizzard probably makes the t-shirts. Mm-hmm. So they probably, like, get paid for the production costs and such as that. But if that doesn't go directly to the teams, I'd have a problem with that because I'm going out of my way to deliberately support that team. I think Supporting on bits like on Twitch is a little different, but I'm buying a shirt because I'm a fan of them directly. I'd have a problem with that part because that's a lot more kind of in-depth and out of the way than just putting a dollar on Twitch. So I guess I don't personally know. That'd be a different story that maybe we can look into for next week, but that would be... I'd be upset with that. Yeah, I think think I'm going to hunt. I'm going to try and track that down and see if I can find it before next week. So, but yeah, I guess, yeah, no, I love the conversation and obviously it'll be interesting to kind of see where they go with this. And of course other leagues can kind of adapt this and perfect it hopefully, but I'm just happy to see that the Overwatch League is taking steps like nothing like this that as far as I know, and has really been implemented to this kind of level. Um, so I love seeing just changes happening and that they're at least trying to make it work. They're not just laying over like, oh, the Overwatch League isn't going to work. They're finding ways to make money. They're finding ways to interact with the viewers more. Because obviously it's all through Twitch streaming. Only so many, probably a couple hundred, get to watch it live each day. So it's definitely a more online-centric one. So you need to find ways to interact and let them feel as if they're helping or that they have custom ways to kind of cheer for the teams. As if you were to show up to a sporting event in your jersey, you are now can show off your... Um, emote for the team you support. So I love that idea at least. But I guess, do you guys have any other wrapping points on anything we talked about today and anything else you want to kind of bring up? Any other kind of little rants you want to finish up the episode with? I'm afraid that I stole some of Dylan's thunder. <laughs> Genuinely oh. concerned? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Um, I, I don't have any anything else to rant on. Yeah. I, yeah, no, no, I think, I think it was I, good. I'm branching, I, for, I'm branching for this week. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm happy we made it a full hour. Like, kind of when we talked about it a little beforehand, like, we didn't know how big it would be, but the Discord server was definitely kind of a cool one to touch on, and we uh, we disagreed on this for the... F- I think this was the first major disagreement that we've had outside of whether we liked the New York XL's name or not. <laughs> I mean, that was the other one and the Golden Guardians and stuff like that, but this was the first one where we've really been on opposite sides, so... Hopefully we can kind of touch on this maybe um, at the end of the uh, split. We'll be able to see some numbers and how things kind of worked out and if they release more information on the money side of this and we talk about it more then. But I'm happy to see that they're changing things up and I don't have anything else with that. So if you guys want to do your wrap-ups, whatever you guys kind of want to talk up and then we'll finish up the episode. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me this week... Um, I'm definitely, I do recommend everybody who has access to Twitch, take a look at the, uh, the Vietnam championship series. I doubt we're going to get English casting, but I do, I do think it's going to be a great thing to check out. 
Dylan, Dylan, what about you, buddy? Yeah, um, so you can find me at Buell for Real. Um, I don't have any good things to plug um, besides <laughs> that. Uh, go get a Discord server, join one if you don't have it. Um, make sure you at Discord for me. Um, let them know that I am looking for a job there. Um, other than that, yeah, we're good. Yeah, and as always, um, I'm, I guess not, yeah, at Nims41 for anything kind of gaming related. You can find me on Twitter at my full name otherwise but yeah i don't guess i don't have anything big to plug either i stream from time to time and all that kind of stuff but yeah really just make sure as always to follow social media and stuff like that we'll do our our ending one but i just want to say that um everything means something and rather it's following dylan because you love what he has to say and supporting him and talking to get knowing him and it's not even as much as a podcast but we're just three guys that are passionate about esports so you don't have to love everything that we do, but even just kind of supporting each one of us and what we work on outside of the podcast. I'm speaking for the other two, but I know that means just as much as supporting the podcast. No, so I, don't, with that, I don't want your support. Yeah, no, we hate you guys, and we definitely are just talking for ourselves so we can listen to ourselves like James does when he goes to work out. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> But that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Project Esports Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Guys, don't forget to subscribe or follow, as Andrew very, very self-righteously said. Sharing this podcast means a ton to us. Yeah, and also all our shows go up Monday morning early, so if you go ahead and subscribe, it'll go right into your uh, right into your queue for the week. All right, guys. Uh, I'm James. I'm Dylan. And I'm Andrew. Thank you for listening.